Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of A Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success, or you're already smashing it, but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS, and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. So the red light's rolling and I'm joined today by the amazing Sarah Stones and she runs a business called Plain Sailing Motivation. You'll be able to see by her title there, she's a coach, she's a motivation specialist and she's a speaker as well and she's just an all-round incredible human being and I'm absolutely privileged to have met Sarah as part of my NLP Master Practitioner training which you do, which we work together on actually and we're actually breakthrough partners on and uh, she joins me today on the podcast because we're going to be talking about a range of cool stuff around positive things and positive psychology and we're actually going to really do the NLP thing and we're actually going to title the podcast after the session but we're definitely going to be focusing on positivity so if you want to hear some more of that then please do listen on. Um, Sarah thank you for joining me it's an absolute pleasure to have you on are you able to just introduce yourself a little bit for our listeners, please? Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's just so lovely to talk to you, Pete. Um, so I am Sarah. Um, I run Plain Sailing Motivation, which I think the clue is in the title. So before running plain sailing i was a hr please don't hold that against me Um, (laughs) and i also sat on employment tribunals so i had real insight into what happens when things go wrong in businesses and it takes up an awful lot of time and actually if we are focused on what is good and supporting staff recruiting the right staff into the right roles and supporting people to find the right jobs then hopefully everything can and should go a lot smoother. So I love focusing on uncovering the, the, the shiny side that everybody is born with. And sometimes it gets covered up through layers of trudgery as we go through life. And it's about helping people to rediscover their shine. Oh, do you know what? I love that. Did you know my nickname, Shiny Pete? No, I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, with certainly with a couple of my customers. I think it's more to do with the shine on my head than it is to do with um than it is to do with my shine of personality but there it's we go. not that bright yellow tracksuit that you've got then do you want to know a secret i look all corporate up here but actually 
<laughs> For those of you that are listening on the podcast and can't see the YouTube video, I've just shown Sarah my yellow shorts. I've even got look, look at that. It's superb. I like a bit of um, I like a bit of bright colours, and I've got a yellow my, watch on as well. My cat is also called Sunshine. So oh, really? even on a dull day, I get to see Sunshine. That's it's amazing. A bit corny, isn't it? A little bit, Sarah. A little bit, but I like it. I think I'm going to forgive you for that because I quite like Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> Sarah, tell me then about. We're going to talk about positive stuff, right? So tell me about we, when we first, just before we came on the call, we were talking about appreciative inquiry. Tell me a bit about what that means. So appreciative inquiry is looking at what is working and re so it's about focusing on let's take something in the business or in your life or your home that's really working and then really looking at why what makes that work so well and then taking that learning and applying it to areas that maybe aren't working so well. So just about using all the things that do work to, to change the things that may not be going so well. Fantastic. In a nutshell. Okay. And it's so simple and we, I think we tend to, it's a bit like a strengths-based approach where we should be looking at what people are good at and then where possible, let's use those strengths and develop those strengths uh, rather than let's apply send them on training courses to de develop the skills that actually they're maybe not motivated in those areas or they're not good at it there may be other people in your business that are good at that area so let let's just use all that positivity in the best way that's really it's a really interesting concept that you're that you're suggesting there and there's a couple of things that pop up for me when you talk about it Sarah one of them is an experience I had when I mapped my team at flagship and um out of the team there was only one with a preference for director of which wasn't me and because <laughs> director's quite low as a preference those listening if you want to know more about motivational maps by the way i know a fantastic map practitioner she's called sarah and she's on this call um but also i, I do do a bit as well but obviously sarah is very experienced and does youth maps as well don't you sarah yeah. um but one of the things i did with my team when i did the map was the director profile, which for listeners who are a little bit uncertain of motivational maps, the director profile is people who who like to be in control of resource. They like to 
sort of um, manage things. They're, they're good managers, I suppose, is the right way of putting things. And uh, interestingly, I had someone who didn't have any managerial responsibility. So the first thing I've done is actually given them some managerial responsibility and they've been like a duck to water, which I find fascinating and really, mm. really good. And then the other thing that I thought was thinking about is it's a bit like, it's a bit like the NLP strategy that we talked about, which is modeling. So it's where you look at the great things of somebody else that's doing awesome stuff and then you get inside there you know to be able to develop your own skill set you get inside that that sort of uh, mindset to be able to then nurture that in yourself as well which I think is a really useful skill but I understand what you're saying which is a lot of companies will go right I know the answer this person's bad at this so let's get them some training when actually what you're saying is going let's focus on everyone's strengths and uh, and finding the people if your business needs a bit of something find the people who are good at it and get them doing that thing that's good yeah definitely awesome awesome cool um i'm glad i understood that okay sarah (laughs) awesome i love it um so we're talking a bit more as well about positive psychology and this thing called perma so tell me tell me a bit more about perma and is that like a bit like a perma that i haven't got on my head or not (laughs) so perma was came about through the work of the most awesome psychologist who's really recognized as the founder of positive psychology a guy called Martin Seligman. And if anyone wants to know any more, just he's got some brilliant books. But I couldn't believe this, Pete. But until about 20 years ago, the only research that psychologists had done was what happened when people's mental health went downhill. And what Martin Seligman did, and I suppose just thinking about it now, it is using that appreciative inquiry and modelling. He turned it all on his head and said, okay, but what do we need to maintain a positive mindset and a positive mental health. And uh, there's some amazing research, but his work, uh, a lot of it, um, centres around this word PERMA. And it's an acronym for positive emotion, and I'll come back to these, Um, engagement, relationships, meaning, and accomplishment. Awesome. So I'm just making a note of them myself. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, cool. so positive, positive emotions 
is focusing on what's what's going well. And I don't know whether you've ever used the gratitude diary, Pete. Um, I definitely have, by the way. I definitely have. I um, uh, I don't just do I don't just do gratitude. I do I do five things a day. I do my five F's. Have I told you about my five F's, Sarah? No. So my five F's. What am I feeling? Yeah, in my journal. So I write what I'm feeling. I write about what I'm fearing. Oh. Because there's always some secrets inside what you're fearing. I also do what I'm, what am I thinking? Fearing, feeling, my future. So I do a visualisation and rewrite down what my future looks like. I also do what I need to forgive. So anything that's happened that's maybe upset me or made me angry, I'll talk about who I need to forgive to be able to let go of that. And then the final one is what am I thankful for, which is my final F. I love that. So, so sorry, carry on. That's brilliant. So that really takes the three good things that builds on that. But the research behind writing down three things that we're grateful for is sometimes if people are really having a bad time, finding three good things can be really difficult for people. But it's a, it could be seeing the sunshine on a really cloudy day. It could just be seeing the first snowdrop if it's that time of year. Uh, or it could be really big things. But if we write down those three good things every day, the research shows that if we've done that for a 30-day period, the benefits of that last for three months. Because every time we write something down, so when we experience something good, we get a hit of dopamine and serotonin the hormones that are really, really important for our mental health. And the theory behind writing them down is that when we write them down, because our brain doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality, we're getting those hits of those feel-good hormones again. And you can do it on an app on your phone. I love doing it in a really special notebook because the idea for me is that whenever I pick my notebook up, I don't just go in and write it down. I look at what I've written before. So you're also getting those additional hits. So it's a really good thing. Thing. And it's a good thing you can do it around the dinner table. Um, I know families that every day they'll write 
the good things down and put them in a jar with a post-it note. And then on a Sunday or whatever day works for them, they'll sit round with the family and read them all out. And actually, it's a fantastic way of developing that positivity. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's really good. I might have to try that with the family. Yeah, it's, I think it's lovely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I love that. Love that. Fantastic. So tell me a bit more about engagement then, Sarah. No, just, I will. The, the only other thing I would say on the positive emotion is smile at yourself in the mirror. If you're feeling down, just go and give yourself a smile because actually that also gives us hits of serotonin and dopamine. Well, that's, I'd, I'd, obviously I always try and smile at people, but I've never, I've never looked at myself and smiled in the mirror. It really I'm going to take some Sarah advice so I'm going to give it Fantastic. a go. Fantastic. And Angie, also just thinking about writing down the good things, start every team meeting with what's gone well. Just a really quick round the room. Give me what's gone well since the last team meeting. I like that. And it just, I do it in training programs that I'm running, and it just lifts that. You can feel the energy in the room lift. I love that. I love that a lot. That's really cool. Good. Awesome. No, I love that. Absolutely love that. That's, um, I'm definitely going to use that. Definitely going to use Brilliant. that. Tell, tell me more about engagement. Yeah, yeah. Tell me more about engagement. If you're ready to move on from positive yeah. emotion, yeah. Right, are you ready? Let's go. Let's go engagement then. Engagement is what we're doing now. It's talking to people. And I think with the pandemic, we got so used to seeing people on Zoom. But actually, you cannot beat being face to face so whether it's walking down the street to work just saying hello I always think you never know what's going on for anybody else that you are walking past and you don't know whether you might be the only person that that other person engages with that day so I always say hello to anybody that I walk past if I'm out in the park on my bike or anything I think lots of people see me with my disability and think you know they make the assumption that actually because my body doesn't work, my brain doesn't work, and I'm this mad grey woman on a bike just saying hello to everybody, but actually that's not the case. I'm doing it because I want to make a difference. 
I don't know what to say to that, Sarah. <laughs> but I love, I, I just love the thought of you out. I just love the thought of you out smiling and saying hello to people and spreading some joy in the world. I think that's amazing. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And that's on your, what's it called? Your It's your Zoomy, isn't it? What's, is it called Zoomy? Yeah, no, that's it. You're talking about my amazing Omeo. Yes, it. Omeo, yeah. Segway with a seat on it, but I'm talking about my tricycle. Oh, really? So you've got a trike as well that you get yeah. out on? That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. And you you pedal the the tricycle? Yeah. yeah. That's that's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. Good for that's keeping cool. fit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That I was gonna say, I bet that must be quite hard work. I bet that's tiring, isn't it? No, not really. I, I probably don't go very fast or very far, but it's lovely to get out. Awesome, awesome. Excuse if you can hear the dog in the background. The dog's just had a little grumble at somebody, I think, walking past. Can you hear it? Can you hear the dog? Is, it, is, is the mic picking it up? I am sorry. What I'm going to do then is I'm going to quickly hand back to you with relationships and mute myself. Tell me a bit more about relationships there. Okay. So relationships is building those really important networks, whether it's a relationship if we are at work or if we're at home, if, even if it's with the, the sh person in the shop where you buy your milk from, it's just so important to spend time and building those relationships and that's why there's a real link with loneliness it's one of the biggest killers um, in the world and this is why looking at po positive psychology Building those relationships is so important. Sorry about that. I had to unmute myself. Typically, someone started mowing the bloody lawn as well. So my dog's going nuts. Bear with me one second. I'm hoping the door's soundproof. There you go. Is that a bit better? Yes. The only thing is, right, is you might have to send help in a bit because it's very hot and I've just had to shut the door. So I've no ventilation, all right? So if I, like, if I start to go like that, just send help, all right? <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, no, I think so. I think I can really resonate with the with the relationships element because I see, you know, I guess as time goes on, you become sort of more and more. Um, I think loneliness is a big issue, particularly for men. I don't know. I, obviously, I can't speak on behalf of women, but I know from a men point of view, I look at some of my friends, I look at my dad. Uh, and um, I think that, you know, loneliness can be a bit of a challenge because for men in particular, we tend to have relationships just to sort of justify my statement there because it's quite a bold statement. But to justify that, what I find is, or my experience is, is that with men, um, we tend to have friendships that are based on the stuff we do. 
So for example, if we go to the gym, we have friends at the gym. If we play football, we have friends that are football with the football. Um, we have friends, if we go and play golf, that are from golf, right? But they're linked to activity stuff. They're not just friends for the sake of being friends. So we don't tend to just go to each other's house or go for a walk or something like that. We normally tend to, it's normally tends to be doing something. And um, I think the challenge is, is because the two things are so linked, sometimes, particularly as we get older, we don't do those things anymore. For example, I don't play football anymore. So therefore, I don't socialise with my football friends anymore. Mm. And the relationships kind of go hand in hand. So I think it's something, I, yeah, I guess my health check on that is that certainly something for men to reflect on. I don't know if it's the same for women or not, but um, it can be quite tricky, right? I think you're right. And actually, it takes a lot of hard work, doesn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think interestingly, so I met up again last couple of weeks ago with some friends that I've spent less time with. And I think the challenge for me with that is because I set the business up and spent so much time on the business. And then with a the family as well, it could be really hard to then find the time for relationships that aren't are outside of the family because mm-hmm. um, you've got your other responsibilities. But I've been I hooked up again with them. We said, you know what, we should just meet up monthly and um, let's just make it really easy. It'll be like fixed. So it's like the first Thursday of the month. And we're not going to try and do anything like crazy. Let's just go and find some food somewhere. And it's just first Thursday every month, seven o'clock, done. And it just goes in the diary and it's easy because as soon as you start trying to shuffle it around, um and i think that's always the challenge is you meet up with people and you don't set the next date it's a little bit like the lack of accountability if you don't set the what's the next thing it's a bit like a coaching session isn't it then nothing happens nothing changes yeah Yeah. and i think that's awesome that you've got that date that regular date in the diary because i think you're right it is a in general a much bigger issue for men than women and we know that suicide rates are a lot higher don't we and and that's absolutely true yeah middle-aged men so obviously i don't know what the house statistics linked to loneliness but i would expect that loneliness and depression are heavily linked and depression and suicide are heavily linked as well yeah. so there is there is um there is a challenge isn't there yeah okay cool so motivation specialist tell me a bit more about motivation so it's meaning. Oh, no. Because yeah. I've been looking at motivation and your thing. I've actually got it written there, M, meaning. I don't really but, know what I've done wrong here. But the two things are linked, right? I Yeah. I was just going to say, I really do think if we find something that... So the meaning comes from when we're in flow, so... When we get totally lost in what we're doing, so I don't know what what you get lost in, Pete. So for me, it's if I'm cooking or I've recently rediscovered being creative and doing arty things, or Actually, my biggest one, which I used to do a lot more than I do now, which is a good learning point for me to take away from it, is getting lost in a book. How lovely is that? 
But actually, when we really focus on something that's really important for us, then that's meaning. But actually, that does link to motivation and accomplishment links to motivation as well. Um, Because if we're motivated to do something, we achieve it a lot quicker and we are in flow, which is why the motivation side of my work fits so well with this um, positive psychology firm and the appreciative inquiry. Absolutely, yeah. No, that makes that makes total sense. I think um, I was just lis- listening to you, and that uh, that resonates with me. I, I love getting lost in a book, but I'm. Um, it makes me realise that actually my my work is quite um, good because I was thinking about the th- where I tend to just lose time, and I feel like I never have enough time. And I think because I'm always quite I'm always quite engaged and motivated by what I'm doing. It must be it must be motivational. It must have some meaning for me to be happy. I got up this morning at. I think it was half four <laughs> to go and work something's driving me right hi it's pete from flagship partners we're proud to sponsor a half dozen things podcast flagship partners help their clients become safer greener and greater through a range of consultancy and training services we offer audits through to risk assessments contracts through to support with managing your culture all the way from mandatory training through to management training as well so if you need any support please do get in touch with flagship partners today you are bonkers (laughs) (laughs) Um, But everyone that knows you knows you bonkers, don't they? Or have I just let that secret out of the bag? Do you think people know that I'm bonkers? I don't know. I don't know either. It's very hard. It's not really any of my business what people think of me. Maybe that's just my my model of the world. (laughs) Ah, oh, do you know what? That'll be interesting for uh, listeners to comment. The, co- the listeners think that Pete's bonkers. Has Pete, his, has, Pete, has Pete lost his marbles? I must be. I'm talking about myself in the third person. <laughs> but do you know what? I love that, that you get lost in your work and I'm a bit the same. Um, and I think... So part of my work is career coaching. And I think it's so, we've only got, is it something like, I was going to research this before we jumped on and I forgot, but it's something like 17,500 days um that might be wrong you might give me the answer but how many days on average a person lives oh right yeah it's it's 40,000 weeks thank you which Um, is uh, whatever 40,000 is times (laughs) seven oh 4,000 weeks even sorry 4,000 so 28,000 weeks no no 28,000 days Right, yeah. So that, and when you think you and I, well, I'm certainly probably more than halfway through my life, you might not be quite, 
But actually, that means that we've not got that many days to really, really make the most of life. So why spend it in a job that we don't enjoy? That's so true. That is so true. 4,000 weeks. Yeah, I read that last year, to be fair. Mm. Um, Great book. And my maths has just gone totally awry. But yeah, 28,000 days. It's 77 years. Just short of 77 years, which I guess is the average mortality rate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what? That's really resonated with me, just thinking about that. That's interesting. Really interesting. That's just like flicked a little light bulb in my head. So actually, it's about making every day count, isn't it? It is, yeah, absolutely. It is about making every day count. Did, did I show you my tattoo when we were on our course? Yes. Which says Carpe Diem, which is Latin for yeah. seize the day. It's yeah. very true, isn't it? Very true. Yeah. I, can hear the, I can hear the birds singing in your back garden. That's because I've got my doors open because there isn't a dog barking outside. No, exactly, exactly. And I, do you know what? The temperature's risen a couple of degrees in here already, so I might just have to go and noise check it. I I accidentally pressed my ear pod a minute ago. Did you hear some music or was it just in my ear? So I, and it just started playing some music in my ear. I was like, oh, what's that? And then I was like, stop, stop again so whoever invented these bloody things is a nightmare right cool have we done perma sarah are you happy we we, have yeah we've done perma okay cool so my next thing for us to talk about i had sleep neuroscience and goals to come on yeah so tell me about tell me about should we go with sleep as we were talking about me getting up at half four in the morning so i don't know whether you've read the book Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. What an amazing book that is. Highly recommend that. I highly recommend that. So even though I got up at half four, I did still have nearly seven hours of sleep, which is good, isn't it? Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. it's vital though, isn't it? Really important. Seven yeah. hours is like the barest minimum, they say in the book, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And when we're thinking about because as you mentioned, I work with children and families as well. Um, and when we there's been studies that show the difference in the impact of kids that are taking exams because it's that time of year, isn't it? The difference in performance between those kids that have had a really good night's sleep and the ones that haven't is absolutely phenomenal. And sleep, basically, I suppose I haven't really thought of it like this, but I always see motivation as the energy that we put in a car and the car won't run when the fuel tank's empty. But sleep is the same. If we don't have a full tank of sleep, then we're not... Or if we have the wrong type of sleep, then we won't get to wherever we want to go as efficiently 
and as effectively as possible. I think you're absolutely right. It's in. It's uh. It's it's very true that you say that. So, um, people will notice that I'm wearing my aura ring, and what that does is that measures my sleep, and then it gives me a readiness score for the day, which is kind of like the fuel tank concept you're talking about. It tells me, you know, today I think it's eighty eight percent, eighty percent. Wow. So I've only got I've only got eighty percent fuel for the journey today. I'd rather have eighty percent. That's pretty good isn't it it's not a bad tank of fuel i have to say sarah i must say and then i keep it keep it topped up with motivation yeah and actually it's funny isn't it because people talk about um perfectionism and I don't know about you people but when I'm looking at people's motivational maps if people are 70% motivated, then actually that's awesome. And someone looking at their map might be going, but that's only 70%. Well, actually, we don't want to be running on all cylinders all of the time, do we? Because actually, if you keep your foot down coming back to the car, if you keep your foot down and go flat out all of the time, your performance will be really um, badly affected. Which is also very true. That is very true indeed. It's interesting, isn't it, how... um... I think sleep makes a massive difference. I really do. I think before before I read the Why We Sleep book and the difference that it made was that before I thought six hours was okay. It's interesting just to put a number on it, I suppose, for people. But there'll be a lot of people listening who probably only get five or six hours sleep, maybe even less, some people. Because mm. I believe it's quite common, right? It's quite common, I believe. You know, everyone targets eight hours or they talk about eight hours. I think eight hours is probably a challenge for a lot of people. But um, seven hours is, you know, scientifically, they're saying seven hours is really the target, isn't it? And you're right. We all need different levels, I think, because of my physical challenges. I know I need eight or nine actually but that's because i'm according to a physiotherapist i'm doing the equivalent of running the marathon every day mm-hmm. that's and, and interestingly that was similar to what lolly's physio said about her cerebral palsy so she's so my daughter lolly for those listening that don't know she's got cerebral palsy hemiplegia and she they reckon that she'd burn calories or burn energy twice as quickly as her peers doing the same activity, mm. which is interesting, is it? I don't know how science-based that is, but that's what the physio mm. reckoned. Yeah. Which is crazy, isn't it, right? Yeah. So you you will at least burn double what I do if we were to do the same thing? Allegedly. 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 <laughs> Which is true. I suppose none of us really know, but I suppose there's probably a difference between me and my son, I suppose, in how much energy he burns doing the same stuff. Probably not as much as me. I guess that probably is affected with age as well, I suppose. Yeah. But do you get eight or nine hours, do you, Sarah, comfortably? Yeah, 
I should do. I okay. th- I see a definite difference if I don't. There, right. There. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. Well, it's um, it's it's a, it's a tricky thing, and I suppose I do like sort of go right. I'm committing to eight or nine hours, and then you just wake up, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. It's one of those things, isn't it? I suppose when you wake up, try and go back to sleep. I suppose if you can, but if you if you're awake, you're awake. It's quite. It's hard to then try and fight it, isn't it? If you're awake. That's it. I know I can. I've always slept really well, but actually I'm at that menopause age and just being wide awake and, oh, God, it's horrendous. Oh, really? But you do get a lot more done (laughs) in the short term. Well, that's uh, that's, that's definitely positive energy there, Sarah, so well done. (laughs) (laughs) live walking walking the talk there walking the talk so tell me a bit about neuroscience and goals were the two other things that we were wanting to sort of cover so So, were those two linked were those two linked or not linked i think they are because i think our brains it's about understanding how our brains work which is a lot of the positive psychology and the study, sorry, the sleep, but actually looking at just thinking about, okay, are we we focusing on the right things? And we know that, so with the goals, you and I know that if we're going, and I do keep going back to cars today, if we get in the car but we don't know where we're going, actually we won't get anywhere really, will we? We could just end up going around in circles. So actually having a goal of where we want to go to is so, so important. And that is really important, not just for the end of today, but actually let's look at that really long-term goal and then let's work back from that and see actually what action do we need to take today that is going to take us one more step towards that long-term goal. That's really interesting. That is really interesting. And it's quite hard. I think one of the things, I suppose, is it's quite hard to know know what the right goal is as well, isn't it? That's its own challenge. Yeah. And that's where... Um, I think with our master practitioner NLP, it was really fascinating for me to learn with you uh, how we can help clients to get clarity on those long-term goals. And I always see it as, so we, we have a goal 
and I was once talking to a friend who said, Sarah, you just sort of managed to get your point across and get get to where you want to go, but you don't always go. She, she was very focused and could actually end up upsetting quite a few people because she was so focused on this destination and it may be just something she needed to achieve that day or that week. Um, whereas I think sometimes it's about having that goal but being able to see that there's not only one route to getting there and you may actually have to go sort of um so if you're if you're at land's end and, and you need to go to john O'Groats, okay there's the most direct route but sometimes you might have to go via london and norwich to get there sometimes you might have to go um another way but actually if you keep the end goal in mind then the journey can become so interesting and it can take us down all sorts of different routes as well absolutely and i think um do you know what i've i've really enjoyed listening to you saying that because i was visualizing it in my head as i was as, as you were talking and um one of the things one of the things i think i've reflected on from our nlp experience and doing the master practitioner is and and personally and also the coaching that i've had as well is understanding that i used to be very future focused i used to be really focused on the goal and that used to, I used to find that very motivating, and I still do find a goal motivating. But it's become much more important to me to actually stop and enjoy the journey along the way. And I mm. think I think people who are very you know, there's lots of future focused people out there who've got this destination mindset. And one of the challenges I think that a lot of modern society has is that marketing modern sales and marketing strategies and social media send sell everyone this sort of end goal don't they of like utopia in the future that is so hard to achieve many people will work for years and years and years to achieve retirement of this golden you know thing that may or may not ever end up happening for them and actually they're so important not not to vote not to forget and to make sure you focus on actually day to day am i enjoying the things i'm doing am i are they rewarding am i rewarding myself am i finding it fulfilling am i finding meaning and purpose and you know all the things that i find motivational now um because actually now is all i've got because actually this end goal may never occur it's great if it does but actually am i enjoying the process and the person i am whilst i'm whilst i'm on that on that journey i think yeah. and that's something that i've spent a lot more time focusing on and it's the journey that is 
it makes up our happiness, doesn't it? Mm. You don't get somewhere and then be happy. So we the journey needs to be a happy experience. And you you got exactly got hit the nail on the head with that, Sarah, because I always thought happiness was somewhere, somewhere there. Well, it is literally there if we were talking timeline therapy, right? In the future yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Obviously, we know some people it might be like that. If you're not watching on the camera, you'd struggle to understand what I'm talking about. But so yeah, the future happiness is sort of somewhere there, but actually it's not, is it? It's not mm. happiness isn't the millionaire lifestyle or the mansion or the you know, all of um, all of that sort of stuff that a lot of people will aim for, the supercar or, you know, whatever it may be, having the six pack or being able to bench press 150 kilos or, or whatever it may be, winning the Olympics. It's about the happiness is in the now. It's in the chatting to Sarah on on, on a podcast on a Monday morning. That, that's where the happiness is, Sarah. Um, and it... It says connections and there's people that we meet along the way, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really, really important. Really, really important. So you said to me at the beginning of the podcast, life is short and we need to focus on what's good. And that doesn't just mean the future, does it? It means the here and now too, right? Yeah. Completely awesome. awesome. There was something you said a little bit earlier, Sarah, that I picked on as well, and I wanted to just understand that in a work context, and then we're going to have a bit of a quick NLP chat. So, people don't go to work to do a bad job. That was something that really stood out to me, and that's something which I think will resonate a lot with the people listening, um, who are often, you know, compliance-based safety roles, that kind of stuff. So, there is this blame thing often in workplaces around blame and that people have come to work and they're crap and whatever uh, it may be. Tell me a bit more about your thought process around that, that people don't go to work to do a bad job. So have you ever deliberately gone to work and thought you're not going to do a good job today? Do you know what? I've never done that, Sarah, no. Uh, I haven't either. Why would anybody go to work to do that? So there's always a reason why something has happened. It may be related to work. It may be related to training. It may be something else in someone's life that's been going on that you have no idea about and it's about communication and trust isn't it if you can have sit down and have conversations and make sure that if something is going on in your employees lives okay we we all have a right to privacy and there's an awful lot of things that I wouldn't want to have told my employer when I was at work. That's fine, but actually you should have an environment of 
trust so that if somebody is going through something, you can have that conversation. And in your world of compliance and safety, that is so much more important than I would say probably in a lot of other jobs. Because if you can't either talk about issues so that they don't end up as big issues or say, actually, I've done something wrong here and then have a conversation about what went wrong and how it happened so we could avoid it again. It's implicit in if you're an organisation that is aiming to be up here, then actually you're not going to get there. Um, I suppose it comes back to my... I, As I said, I used to work in HR. Humans are not resources. Humans... People are your biggest asset. You've got to really build those relationships and trust. And actually trust is two ways, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes, Sarah. Thank you very much for that as well. I really appreciate it. Final question from me, Sarah. Final question. Tell me how your life has changed off the back of doing your NLP Master Practitioner? Oh, I think the biggest one for me is I have always loved coaching, but I've never believed that I am a good coach. And... I believe that I am now. Well, and how's that? How's that helped you in the past three, four months since we did our course? It's about developing the focus of my business and knowing that I can grow my business as a coach and let go of the other work that I've been doing. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Love that, Sarah. And finally, the final thing then is to tell tell the listeners where they can find you and if they're interested, what services you can offer. Thank you. So the best place to find me is on LinkedIn and that has got connection to my website, which is Plain Sailing Motivation which has got far too much on it and it's being rehauled as we uh, go forward. And, um, yeah, just find me on Twitter and I'll, I'll share a link if that's all right, Pete. No worries at all, Sarah. So um, send that link over and I'll put that on. Um, I'll put that onto the um i'll put it onto the podcast show notes for us as well sarah um 
I can vouch for Sarah because, she, like I say, she was my breakthrough partner in my NLP training. She's a very good coach, a very good coach indeed. So um, do get in touch and connect with Sarah on LinkedIn. She's got some um, fascinating insights to share. Um, thank you very much for joining me, Sarah, and taking your time out. And thank you very much for those listening. I hope you've really enjoyed it and got some insights from Sarah's, uh, what Sarah shared about positivity and positive energy and uh, all of the good things that we've been speaking about as well as PERMA too. And uh, I hope to see you on the next podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining me, Sarah. See you soon. Thanks, I really hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too. Please do share it across your social media channels. We hope to reach more and help more people. If you want to find out more about me, my name's Pete Rushmer. You'll find me across any social media channel and my business, Flagship Partners. And we're your partners in success across your business. Thank you. See you again soon.